Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. Hey, I am fresh back from my trip to Wisconsin from last week, and you may be asking yourself, what was I doing in Wisconsin? Well, I was at a conference called That Conference, and it is a tech conference, and I had the opportunity to speak and do some sketching and just make some connections while I was out there at this conference. And there were a couple of things that happened at that conference that I thought I would share because I think it really helps when you get out of your typical environments and put yourself in a place that's not the norm, where you can actually learn some things and grow in ways that you can't if you just stayed with the same old, same old. And this conference was great because it's, you know, like I said, a tech conference. And so there were a lot of programmers and developers and people who are dealing with a lot of tech and who are on the cutting edge of tech. And as a primarily visual artist and a communicator, I was going in there with a different set of lenses and different set of experiences. And uh, I joked about it because one of the conversations I had with the programmer who was there, um, one of the programmers I met, I said, you know, my only point of reference for doing some kind of coding or things. I mean, even when it comes to websites and stuff, I don't code. I don't like that kind of stuff. I feel like it's more science than it is art, but that's just me. Uh, I said, I remember way back in the day, I had a Commodore 64 computer and there was a magazine. I think it was called the Commodore Gazette. And in the back of this book, they would have pages upon pages of code that you would type out and when you hit run, it would do whatever it is that you prompted it to do. So I remember this one piece of code, uh, it was pages upon pages, and it was just numbers and numbers and all these crazy things that you basically had to just copy line by line and number by number into this block of code in, while you were typing in the Commodore 64 and put it in the coding language. 
and then you'd hit run. And what was supposed to happen was that this animated Garfield would come on the screen and kind of dance around a little bit and then dance off the screen. And I remember just spending hours upon hours putting this code in and then I hit run and nothing happened. (laughs) It was a big failure. And I thought to myself, man, I could be off by a couple of numbers here or there in this huge block of text that, like I said, was pages upon pages and I wouldn't know it. Uh, I, I didn't have a way to double check my work other than going number by number and comparing it to what was printed in this book. And that was assuming what was printed in the book was even correct, which I didn't really have a way of knowing if that was true. And so the whole experience was very frustrating to me. Uh, I had spent all this time, energy and effort for something that did not work. And I didn't really have a way to figure out how to make it work. And so that was my first introduction to uh, coding or, you know, computer programming languages and stuff. And I was like, this is definitely not for me. I will stick with drawing my cartoon characters and um, dealing with colors and, and drawing, painting, that kind of stuff. So um, anyway, I find myself here in the midst of these programmers and developers, and um, it was really interesting because, you know, I came in and I led a talk about creativity. And so you might be thinking, okay, well, that's that's fine, you know. Um, but the thing is, when I had to come into this environment, it's very, it's very different than other environments I've been in before. When I have spoken in the past, it has been primarily in entrepreneurial circles, um, creative entrepreneurs, artists, um, those kind of audiences. And there is a more direct tie to who I am, my experiences, and me knowing how to speak about creativity to those groups of people, because quite simply, I am in those groups of people. Those experiences have been my experiences. And so coming to this conference was very, or I should say that conference, (laughs) was very different because it forced me to have to think about what I talk about in a different context. And I think that's part of the value is when we put ourselves in environments that aren't our normal go-tos. So for me, I had to think about creativity in terms of being more logic oriented for this group of individuals because they are primarily solving problems. They are primarily looking for systems and structures to help them solve these problems and then the collaborations that ensue from having to have these projects to to solve. And so it's not the same as saying, hey, let's talk about this in terms of painting or drawing or some of the other things that I have done in the past. Now, I have also been talking more about creativity in broader terms because I believe that we are all creative. And it's just a matter of how we identify that creativity. Some people Yeah, they can't draw, they can't paint, they can't do any of the, quote, obvious arts, right? They can't uh, sing, dance, act, those kind of things. But they can organize things very creatively. They can, uh, you know, deal with scheduling creatively or budgets. They can 
organize their day in such a way that they're creating the life that they want to lead. Um, decorate a home, make a meal, the way that they dress, all these things are based in creativity. And I think when we think about creativity as something that is a learned skill, such as drawing, painting, singing, dancing, those kind of things, then it's easier for people to give themselves an out and say, well, that's not me. Therefore, um, these rules don't apply or creativity doesn't apply to my life. I'm not a creative person, but I do believe that we are all creative. And as a matter of fact, I've even seen Adobe has a advertising campaign right now that's going on that talks about that. That's saying, uh, how they believe that everyone's creative. Of course, they're trying to shift their software, um, you know, creative suite towards people who are not just design professionals um, or creative professionals because they see probably what Canva has been doing in that space and reaching more people and bringing design to a place where it's more accessible to other people. Um, and I've seen others. Julia Cameron has been, um, who's the art, who's Artist's Way author. Uh, if you're not familiar with that book, I highly recommend that book, The Artist's Way. Um, she's been talking a lot in the public spaces about how she believes everyone is creative too. Um, I've heard the same from Chase Jarvis, who, uh, is another great creative guy. Um, I've talked about him on this podcast in, in the past, um, has a great book, creative calling and a podcast of his own. Um, and so anyway, all, all these voices that are all pointing to, we are all creative. And so for me to enter into the space, speaking to this group of individuals that I don't necessarily uh, have the same experiences, um, skill sets, or even outlook perspective on some things, uh, bringing the talk about creativity to these people. And so what was interesting was that uh, I wasn't really sure this was a, a breakout session, right? So there were multiple sessions going on during this time, and I wasn't sure who out of this group of people would actually want to come to a talk about creativity and establishing a daily creative habit. And I was pleasantly surprised that the room was packed and the, the conversations that flowed afterwards was really telling because, um, while there was certainly was more of a perspective of problem solving um, and not necessarily like, hey, I'm interested in drawing. Hey, I'm interested in applying this in a personal context. Um, most people there were thinking about this solely in a professional context, which is fine. I mean, I talk about both. Um, it was interesting how certain themes came up that I think are universal regardless of who you are, what you do, the context of creativity. And what I mean by that is themes of imposter syndrome, you know, um, struggling with this, this feeling like, who am I to be creating these things? Or who am I to feel like I have something to say about this or say about it in a way that's creative? Um, a few other questions came up about, you know, how do you know what you hang on to and what you throw away as far as what you create. You know, do you just save everything or do you throw away those things that don't seem to serve you or, or you're not satisfied with creatively? Um, which I thought was an interesting question. And 
the way that I answered that is I said, you know, I tend to save everything. And that's not because I'm just a hoarder. <laughs> it's because when I look at my creative journey, it's that. It's a journey. And there are points along the journey in which, you know, I want to be able to see uh, connections. I want to see iterations. And if I throw away things that I don't deem to be valuable or as valuable as something else that I feel really great about, um, then for me, that's doing myself a disservice because I need those reminders that first off, not everything I do is amazing. I do some crappy work every once in a while too. Um, I think it's just part of when you show up and do the work, you have to get through crappy work before you get to some good work. And even when you've achieved a certain level of skill and technique, um, there's nothing saying that you won't do work that's lesser than. And so it's always this dance. And I want to be able to see that in my journey. I don't want to just see the highlight reel of my own work and also not feed into that notion that every time you show up, you have to knock it out of the park. Um, because I just don't think that that's reality. And so... I don't want to set that conversation for myself nor for other people. Um, I think it's more helpful for people to see missteps and to see a progression that happens and iterations and my thinking of, okay, I was trying something here and maybe it quote failed, but it led me to a breakthrough that was someplace else. And so that's why I save all the things because I want to be able to see the, the journey uh, from kind of a bird's eye and more than just individual pieces. Um, so those are some of the questions that I got along with, um, just questions of consistency questions of, you know, do you wait for inspiration? Um, and if you've listened to me at any length, you know, that I always say it's not about waiting for inspiration. It's about scheduling. It's about being intentional. It's about taking action and um, sometimes the, quote, muse comes to visit you and you are inspired and there are great things that happen. And there are other times where you just need to get to work. And sometimes it's when you're working and you're floundering around a bit and you're open and you're searching that you end up stumbling upon some things that are inspiring. Uh, and there are some days where you get to work and you do some things and you don't necessarily feel inspired, but you still show up and do the work. That's part of what being a at least a professional creative is, um, you don't make excuses for things that are outside your control. Um, and certainly waiting for some inspiration to strike can lead you to a place where you're um, not working consistently because typically you're not feeling inspired every single day all the time. And so um, just taking that out of the conversation gives you the ability to engage in a different way. Um, so these were all part of the conversations that I had during my session and afterwards with some of the folks who were there. And, um, you know, it was interesting because it reminded me again of the value of being someone who's different in a crowd. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, Again, these people were mostly, you know, tech people. It's a tech conference. They're programmers. They're more logic oriented. I am more of the touchy feely heart kind. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm motivated more by my feelings than I am by um, 
you know, more logical things. Obviously, we're all a blend of, of, of both these things. That's uh, not an either or, but we do have a bias. And so uh, it caused me to have to think about things differently. It had it caused me to communicate differently. And I think that's very valuable. And that's really the point that I want to make here is when you can put yourself in an environment that seems maybe a little foreign, that seems like you're the odd man out, um, that's actually can be a good thing because you can then encounter people who think differently, people who have different perspectives, and it can cause you to revisit what you do uh, with a fresh perspective. And it can cause you to have to explain what you do to people who might not be your usual crowd and your usual audience. And I think that is a very good thing because we don't want to necessarily stick with just one grouping of people with the work that we do, right? We want to have maximum impact with the work that we do. We want to know that it, it makes a difference uh, across the board. And in order to speak to different people, you need to learn how to speak sometimes a different language, right? Um, these people are dealing literally with computer programming languages. <laughs> and for me, uh, at the conference, I had to learn a new language uh, a bit of how to talk about um, some of the themes and topics of creativity in a way that they could relate to. Um, and so it was a great exercise for me, a great challenge for me to be able to do that, to lean into that. It caused me to walk away uh, thinking about some things differently and also seeing some similarities in places that surprised me. Um, some of the people who were there were interested in engaging this on a personal level, not, not professionally. Um, they wanted to start drawing again or they wanted to somehow uh, pursue ideas. Um, there were people who were involved with uh, more of like home improvement type projects or um, gardening or things of that nature that where their creativity could come out. And so um, they recognized that they needed this in their lives. They needed a place for this creativity to live and to play. And a lot of people expressed how, you know, it's easy to get consumed with achievement and with the drive of um, just pursuing what the work at hand is. And then you kind of forsake a lot of other areas of your life and the things that sometimes bring you the personal gain and personal pleasure that takes a backseat. And so even in the portion where I talk about play and fun, I had some people who say, you know, it's been so long since I've thought about that. It's been so long since I've truly experienced that. Um, and I think hearing about this now, even in terms of creativity, is causing me to stop and reassess and figure out how do I come to a place where I can start to experience that again. People seeing the value there. And so, um, you know, these were all conversations that came out of being with people who have different skill sets, different perspectives. Uh, it also reminded me of when I first started kind of coming into some circles when I started my own business. This is way back in uh, 2015, 16. And I remember going to this, this conference. Uh, I've talked about it before, the Tribe Conference. My friend Jeff Goins, um, he had started this a while back. And 
um, it was primarily writers, authors. And I thought to myself, I don't know why I feel so inclined to go to this conference. I feel like I'm supposed to be there. Um, because in my mind, I'm like, hey, I'm a visual artist. What does a visual artist have to do with writing and authors? Um, I don't necessarily see where my place would be. I would feel like I'm kind of, a, you know, the oddball there. But I went anyway, and I leaned into that. And honestly, that was the place that I met a lot of people who I'm still friends with today. Um, a creative community rose up out of that. I realized that when I was there, there were a lot of things that both, well, no matter what your expression of creativity is, especially professionally, when you're doing that as your business and it's more of a an entrepreneur thing or a, um, a freelance thing, a solopreneur, whatever you want to call it, there are a lot of um, business things that you need to do, marketing things you need to do that are all the same for, for whatever type of creative professional you are. And so learning from each other, how do you market yourself? How do you deal with uh, promotion? How do you deal with um, just setting up systems for a business? Um, and then even things of inspiration and collaboration. And so even though I was different among that crowd, I learned a lot and learned how to contextualize what I was hearing to my situation. And the other thing it did was it put me in a room full of people who actually needed my skill set because authors, they were writing books and they needed design for their covers and they needed interior layouts. And I was able to do that because that's my world. And so there were more natural connections and collaborations and skill sets. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was also laying some groundwork for me moving more into some of my writing, which I've been doing a lot more of in this past year. And you'll be hearing more about that on, on some upcoming episodes. But uh, it's been really amazing to be able to forge these friendships and to learn from these other folks who have different skill sets and for them to be able to utilize my skill sets as well. It's brought some collaboration. It's brought some opportunities for um, just projects that uh, are just aligned. And at that conference is also where I ended up getting the... Um, inspiration to have my live event sketching as an actual service where I go and sketch at events and conferences. And so you just never know what might happen when you put yourself in a place where even though it seems like you're, you know, the circle with the squares, um, there can be great benefit to being in that situation. Um, for me this past week, being around people who think a lot more logically and are oriented around solving a lot of problems, um, it really helped me think more about that side of things. It helped me engage with more of that even within myself um, and learn about creative solutions even from them and how they were coming up with um, solutions for the problems they were facing. Uh, and also being among people who were so oriented around tech. Uh, sometimes, you know, as creative people, we can shy away from tech because 
there's so much that is always changing and evolving and it's happening so quickly. I know a lot of people who are painters or illustrators who they really say that, you know, they're tech averse. They don't really understand it. They have a problem with it. And um, tech is not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, we know it's only continuing to grow and change and become more and more a part of our everyday lives. And so to be able to be around some people who live in that and can help bridge some of the gaps and even bring about some solutions for some of the latest tech that can actually help you as a creative person um, is very valuable as well. And also to be in a place where you can observe how a lot of these people are communicating about what they do and about their um, just ideas and the work that they do and the vision that they have. Um, it's It can be a very inspiring thing to be around people who are in a different field from you, but that are really doing some amazing work and are... Honestly, at the end of the day, everyone is kind of dealing with the same things. Um, they're dealing with wanting to do great work, uh, to make a living from that, to be paid well for what they create and how they create, and to make a difference with the the people around them and hopefully within the world, even if it's their corner of the world. And I think when we start to break down some of the stereotypes that we may have about certain jobs or certain uh, personality types or certain uh, experiences that people have. And we can start to see the value in learning from each other. We can start to see how when we can borrow from other people and get outside of our own biases, that um, there is great um, inspiration to be found. And there are ways that we can learn how to communicate what we do to a wider audience and group of people. And so uh, I hope this gets you thinking about your own circle and maybe some of the conferences that you go to, maybe some of the places where you find yourself hanging out. Um, it's very easy for us to always gravitate towards what's comfortable, what we know, where we find our people. You know, if we're a visual artist, to only hang out with visual artists. If we're a writer, to only hang out with writers. Um, entrepreneurs, to only hang out with entrepreneurs. Uh, but there is great value in putting ourselves in places where we aren't all the same and where we can learn to contextualize and learn the value of what someone else does and how they do it. And even may even have opportunity to step into that to help solve somebody else's problem with what it is that we do. And so um, I want to encourage you today to start thinking about who are the people that you can get around. Maybe it's locally, maybe it's online, uh, maybe it's at a conference, an event. Um, maybe there are local groups like on Meetup or um, events from your Chamber of Commerce. Uh, look around. You may be surprised at what's right in your backyard and get around some people who can help you think differently, who can help you see differently, who can help identify the things of what you do that can be helpful for them. And honestly, a lot of times it takes seeing what you do through someone else's eyes to help you remember how special it is what you do. 
because we're so close to what we do that a lot of times we think it's no big deal. We think, oh, you know, that I, everybody can do this, can't they? I mean, what's the big deal about this? Sometimes we've been doing something so long and with such seeming ease, uh, we do it instinctual that we forget that there's tremendous value in that especially for those who don't have those skill sets, for who don't have those experiences. We may hold the answers and the keys to helping them solve a problem. And so we would not necessarily get that insight nor inspiration or opportunity if we were just hanging around the same people that we usually hang around and hanging around the people who do a lot of the same things that we do, you know, our creative peers or our, um, our, uh, you know, work peers, it's, it's important to get out there and be among people who have those variety of contexts and experiences and perspectives, because it will force you to examine your own and grow and learn. And at the end of the day, I think that's where we can be making sure that we're not getting stuck making sure that we're not just simply comparing ourselves to uh, the peers who are around us, uh, the work that they're doing, um, but that we actually have opportunity to do some new things, to forge some new relationships, and to even see ourselves in a new light. And so um, these are just some of the things that I've been thinking about uh, this past week. And again, I'm, I'm just fresh back from my trip from Wisconsin where that that conference happened. Uh, there's another one coming up in Texas in uh, January. And uh, this, this group is a great community. It's not simply just about tech skills and some of the latest information and, um, you know, being among people who are uh, the programmers and developers. But it, it truly was a community. It is a community. Uh, people who cared for each other and people who obviously keep in touch when the conference is not happening and there is a sense of togetherness and that all comes from the guy who started this and leads this Clark cell. Uh, I met Clark online and did a talk virtually over the pandemic when this conference was not happening. And then when it came time for this, that conference to be in person again, uh, I was able to connect with him and, um, you know, be there at the event, have a, a, a spot uh, that was a sponsor for Daily Creative Habit, bring some of the Daily Creative Habit journals with me and just talk about creativity and also do a little bit of sketching while I was there. So um, continuing to build relationships and find new ways, new communities to be a part of and um you know, that's what you do. You network, you grow, you offer what it is that you have to do in the way that you have to do it and continue to expand your circle of people. Because when we do that, we then reap the benefits of that as well as the others around us. So my challenge to you today is go find a community of people, a group of people who you can go and be a part of and learn from ones who are different from you. If you're more logic oriented, find people who are more heart centered. Uh, If you're more heart centered, find people who are more logic oriented. Um, If you are in a field that, you know, has nothing to do with tech, uh, find some tech people to be around and learn from them. Um, 
it's when we engage with people who are different from us that we can start to expand and um, understand what we do, how we do it, what we bring to the table, and also have an empathy for people who do things differently than us, which I think is really huge as well. So the challenge is there. It's out before you. Um, and I would love to hear about some of the ideas that you have or maybe some of the experiences that you do after the fact. Uh, always feel free to drop me a line. You can uh, do so uh, over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone. You can DM me. Um, and, you know, just a reminder, take advantage of the Daily Creative Habit community that's on Facebook. If you go to dailycreativehabit.com, you can find resources there, such as the newsletter that goes out that's free, filled with inspiration and some prompts, as well as the link to the free Facebook group. And uh, dive into that, have some conversations, uh, post some work, and um, let's just keep rowing together, you know, because as I always say, when you create, we all win. So with that, my charge, as always, is go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.